0: write this down 1 000 000 000 000 so to recap that's a 1 and then eight sets of 3 zeros that is a 1 and then 24 zeros Do you know what that number is? One septillion in our American counting system. Europeans call it one quadrillion. Now, this is a sermon and not a math class. So, maybe you're wondering why I asked you to write that number down. It's because it's a conservative estimate of how many stars there might be. Last week, we looked to the land, this week, we look to the stars. We look to the stars as we journey closer to the heart of God. Last week was about story and identity and celebration. This week, we look up and we look to the source of our promise, of our dreams and of our guidance. And just as far away as the stars seem to us, God's promise seems far from Abram or Abraham. He wants something more physical, something closer, something He can hold a newborn baby and ground beneath His feet to a place that he can call home. Like Abram, we know what it feels like when God feels far away. We know what it's like to have questions. And we know what it's like to grow impatient, waiting on our prayers to be answered. So this story is an essential story of the faith, and it's one that we can relate to. So if you will, open up your Bibles. Open up the Bibles you brought from home. The Bibles that's there on your pew. The Bible that you have on your phone. Any Bible, any translation is fine. I'm reading from the NIV. This is Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram continued, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. And then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And then God took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then God said to him, So shall your offspring be. In this verse, verse 6. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. God tells Abram or God tells Abraham, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm your protector. For Abraham, for us, and for all people, life in God will be both strength and hope and our foundation, our grounding, a source of strength beneath us. But God is more than just a strength beneath us. He's also meaning, meaning above us. H.G. Wells, the novelist, wrote, Religion is the first thing and the last thing. And until a man has found God and been found by God, He begins at no beginning. He works to no end. If your life story is to have meaning, it has to feel like it's going somewhere. And this kind of meaning doesn't depend on being smart or having clever thoughts or having all the answers or even having the right theology it depends on a clean heart that's trying to be loyal to the highest degree it can be. Look back at Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. This is one of the most important verses in the Bible. The New Testament refers to this verse over and over and over again. Hebrews 11, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Romans 4, Follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had. This verse, Genesis 15-6, is about the infinite power of faith. And this, this is the heart of the gospel that Paul preached. You want a simple summary of the gospel that Paul preached? What Paul preached is that it's not what you can do. It's not what you are. But it's what you trust God to do that saves you. And as you read your Bible, pay attention to the life of Abraham. And when you do, you'll notice that when Abraham trusted the most, he was strongest. And when he stopped trusting, he was weak. He trusted the voice of God that called him out of earth and out of Haran, and he went forward. He trusted the heavenly voice that told him he could find a blessing in the barren lands when he let Lot have the richer lands. He trusted that the purpose of God, which had begun to work through him, would be carried on through a son God would give him He trusted that between his soul and the Almighty, there was this covenant which God would never, never, never break. And remembering that, he was capable of great things and heroic sacrifice. But Abraham wasn't perfect. He didn't live on the mountaintop. Sometimes he forgot. When he forgot God's promise and instead looked at the facts which faced him, thinking he had to deal with these by himself, he would fall and be scared and weak. So in Abraham, we see faith and doubt. We see strength. And weakness, we see good and bad in Abraham. We see someone that looks like the person sitting next to us, and we see someone that looks like the person in the mirror. My Methodist commentary has this line. But if Abraham had in himself the same alloy of moral limitations that all human nature has. He had also something else. He had the fire of a faith in God which, when he kept it burning, could separate the dross and make his whole thought and will pure metal for God's use. Thus, a man becomes good not because he is born so or because he lifts himself to goodness but because he lets the goodness of God take hold of him and have its way. How does Scripture say it? Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. And this this profound truth is what the spiritual genius of Paul caught hold of and put at the forefront of his preaching of salvation. It's the gospel that begins in humility. That the first step is to see how far you are from where you want your soul to go. Abraham wasn't self-important. He didn't think he was all that. Before the glory of God, he saw himself as dust and ashes. But this is a gospel of hope. As long as we try to save ourselves or rely upon ourselves, we're going to be disappointed. In Romans, Paul writes about his own unsuccessful attempt to win a sense of righteousness. So think about what he meant by the impossibility of being saved By works or any step by step process of the law. Or you could read about the life of Martin Luther. Luther made a passionate part of his life. He kept trying to save himself and he kept failing and he fell into despair. But the good news is that the hope comes when the person turns from looking in to looking up. A mighty fortress is our God. It's what Luther sang when his soul understood the eternal truth that we do not stand alone. God is with us. Or read about the life of John Wesley. When he was five years old, the parsonage he lived in caught fire. All the other family members were safe outside, but he was left behind. Neighbors had to help John's dad pull him out of the house, away from the fire. John's mother called him a brand plucked from the burning. That's from Zechariah 3.2. And John became a good boy, a good student. He made good grades. He earned a teaching spot at Oxford. He started a, get this, a club called the Holy Club. They visited prisoners. They studied their Bibles. And he went on a mission trip to Georgia. But he finally saw the light when he learned to find his righteousness. Not in anything he could do or achieve, but in the grace that God, through Christ, had freely given. As we look at this story of Abraham, we see the journey of faithfulness. If we are grounded in our faith when we begin our journey, we too trust in the promises of God. If we keep walking on our journey and those promises don't seem to be any nearer, then we start questioning. We question our own faith. We question God's faithfulness. We question the possibility of our dreams. We question the fear that we were just wrong to even trust in the first place. and That's a painful place to be sitting on the ground, staring up at the sky that seems as far away as we can imagine. And it's precisely this experience of brokenness that enables our growth in faithfulness. It's in the questioning that Abram learns to trust again. Lent, this church season that we're in before Easter, It's a time of transformation. A time of transformation of the heart. Question by question, Abraham's heart is being shaped into a heart that's more trusting. So maybe this is the lesson that we need to learn this Lent, this season as we explore our own wilderness and dreams. Because Abraham says what's for me and maybe for you is a very familiar pattern. Not just for Lent, but about a cycle of faith, doubt, and finally trust. We're given time in the wilderness to ask the tough questions and learn to trust our heart to God's heart, our steps to God's way. They The way may be long, the way may be winding, but the God who set the stars in motion will guide us on our journey. And perhaps, perhaps, the next time that we look up at those septillion stars, we might trust That God has put just one there. So that we might find our way home. Back to Him again. In the name of the Father. And of the Son. And the Holy Spirit. Amen.